Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. You're seeing every man in heat twisting their wings, showing off their testosterone. Oh no, here we go. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And we have just witnessed an historic event. This is a night one for Charity Lawson's Bachelorette Season 20 that had inside of it many things we have never seen before in the history of our beloved game. We're going to get into all of it, of course. My overview is this. Yeah, what is your main takeaway? Fucking loved it. Me too! I thought it was amazing. Fucking loved it. I think the producers are doing a couple of things wrong, but overall, they were doing a lot of shit, right? They were trying things. They were showing us that they're thinking about it. Exactly. That's what it felt like. They were trying it felt like they were trying the whole thing. Effort was put into this. And it mm-hmm. felt almost like, almost like, the producers making this show actually like the show and like the people on it. It felt almost like <laughs> that. Now, I know that's a trick. And I know by the end of the season, their true nature will be revealed. But at least for mm. tonight, night one, I felt like the producers had everyone's best interest in mind when they were crafting this fucking episode. And that's what I want to feel. That's what we all want to feel. So thank you, producers, for at least that. We want to feel like Charity is the best person on the planet. And I did feel that from this. She is a Disney princess, for real. I did too. As I also felt it with the guys. I agree. Uh, anyway, we're going to get into all of our breakdowns, of course. You know how we do this if you're in the pit. We're going to give you those plays of the game, those MVPs, those errors of the game. We're going to give it all to you. But we have a little bit of breaking news that we have to discuss before we get into the recap. There has been some conjecture, some rumor within the nation that because Bachelor Happy Hour has not produced original new content in the past couple of months, neither has clickbait. A lot of people are uh, in the rumor mill on Reddit saying... They ain't coming back. These shows are canceled. They're just fucking done. Then we got Becca Kufrin coming out on her Instagram and saying she's no longer going to be hosting Happy Hour. We got Thomas Jacobs, Big Body, coming out and uh, essentially saying a lot of shit behind the scenes. Basically saying, fuck you, producers. (laughs) That was the vibe I got. That's not what he said. (laughs) That is the vibe he gave. Uh, He essentially was saying he and Becca Kufrin don't like how things have been handled, blah, 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 leading everyone to believe basically that uh, these these shows were over because again there was no announcement either coming from either of these shows saying they'll be back or anything like that. Well, tonight on the eve of Bachelor season, Bachelorette season twenty night one, the Bachelor Happy Hour uh, RSS feed the the podcast released a one minute little clip. And it says, it's time for a new season. This is not Becca Kufrin or Michelle Young saying this. I don't know whose voice it is on the, the recording. It's an unknown person. 
Although people in the pit have discovered who it is. It's like a radio announcer. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, it's a radio announcer, but this radio announcer says it's time for a new season of The Bachelorette, which means Bachelor Happy Hour is back. Charity's about to begin her journey, and Bachelor Happy Hour is the one and only official podcast to hit to the hit reality show. And this season, two new hosts will be taking the reins and putting Charity's men in the hot seat. It's Ellen Kay, the former co-host of Rick D's on Kiss FM. Oh, wow. So she's been in the game for a minute. Um, so here we're learning there will be two new hosts. Michelle Young will be gone. Becca Kufrin will be gone. As of right now, the official Bachelor Happy Hour art is still Becca Kufrin and Michelle Young. So there's a little bad at job going on here, <laughs> yes. of course. But um, uh, There's a lot of bad at job going on here. Why would you rebrand and not have an image or a host announcement. We've already had the premiere of this season. The, this is an afterthought for them. I think because so many producers got fired at Bachelor, I believe some of them were producers who were involved with the podcast. I think that the the higher-ups just didn't give a shit. This wasn't on their radar at all. And they're, now they're like, oh yeah, wait a minute, that podcast. Um, so that's where it is. But it's not dead. It's coming back. Two new hosts. We will, of course, be covering all of that. When do you think it's coming back? It has to be almost immediately. We made a prediction about this. It has to be almost... It's got to be this week because they have to start interviewing guys coming off the show. It has to be tomorrow. Yes, it has to be tomorrow. Now, if that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But It doesn't feel like it's going to happen. I'm still holding out hope I, that my prediction that it'll come back for BIP is right. I think it's going to come back sometime during the course of this season and they'll probably make some kind of a joke about how, well, we didn't know who the hosts were, so blah, 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 blah. At any rate, that is the breaking news. Happy Hour is not dead. It is coming back. Two new ho hosts. We don't know who they are yet. Also, we must mention that all... We savor your suffering, Dark Seeker. Indeed we do. I can't wait to see who these new hosts are, though. I, I think it could be interesting. We'll see We'll see who they select. Who are the hosts? We don't know. Clancy. Could be, although... Susie. Maybe. Who knows? We will have to wait and see. We have no confirmation of anyone. Tell me. I don't know. No one knows. But we must also mention that our merch is now available for all of your favorite parasocial teams. Not all of them. Half of them. We currently have <laughs> the LA Icons, New York City Influence, Chicago Clout, San Diego Crew, and the Nashville Sliders. All of these uh, teams are heavily represented by the rookies of this season, Bachelorette Season 20. So if you haven't picked those up, mm -hmm. we got hats, we got shirts. They're all at GameOfRoses.co. Someone said they were the king of San Diego crew in this episode. Yes, they did. We will get to that. But please go check those out if you haven't. They're, um, I feel like they're good things to wear to watch parties. Get the conversation talking. Allow you to drag someone directly into the pit. They're good things to wear in your parasocial plays. That's true. Because the parasocial teams have not existed yet, and now they do. And I'm out peacocking in mine all the time. I'm going to start doing it very soon. But uh, that's all of our announcements. Now we're going to do what we came here to do, Pace Case. Are you ready to dig into this uh, absolutely immaculate night one episode? Let's go! And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right. From the very opening frame, we are told by the producers that this is going to be a different show. 
They use this weird graphic treatment that makes it look like Charity and the logo are spinning inside of a diamond. A giant sparkler. Yes. The, the, the whole thing is in the diamond itself, in the core of the gemstone. That is where we are. That's where this whole show will take place. That's the feeling they're giving you. You're inside a fucking diamond. Now, the, the technique they use, it's, it's okay. This is basically like an After Effects filter. I think it could have been done a little bit better, but they're trying. And it didn't look bad. It looked a little amateur hour, but not too much. There's only one frame at the end that lo- makes it look weird. <laughs> 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 but you know right off the bat that they're trying. And I, yeah. I was jacked immediately. Same. And then, per my prediction, the Bachelorette logo has that same maybe impact or maybe it's Futura Bold. I don't know what font is, but that same big chunky font that they used for Zach Shawcross last season. So they're sticking with that. Hmm. We see Charity recap her PTC about how she sacrificed her own happiness in past relationships. We see tear play. We see spring break. We see not here for foolishness. We see the... She's going to revoke. There's going to be a revocation of a rose clip that she's going to pull off someone's jacket. We see the pompadour going off. We see I'm fucking done. Yeah. And we see my favorite line of these promos, which is I'm clap, clap, heartbroken. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait for that episode when it comes. But we do see iconic in this promo. Like you're saying, Pace Case, Charity gets to the point where she's done. They push her to the nervous breakdown. They get that moment where she's going to walk off uh, the set. Now, what we don't see in this is a fence jump. The I'm done moment, now every lead does it. And they're trying to still build that up like it is a fence jump moment from season 23, Colton Underwood. It's not. It simply isn't. It falls flat every time now. I don't think they have this moment from this season. And that's fine. I don't think you're going to need it. What about the lone shoe? The lone shoe. I mean, we'll get to the lone shoe. That's in the final promo. That was such a beautiful shot. I can't wait until we see that actually in game. <laughs> but they don't have a fence jump moment for this. They don't have a sweet nums, bring her home, bring her home to us. It just doesn't exist, I think, or they would have used it in this promo. Nonetheless, this thing ends with DLP saying, the man you're about to meet is someone you already know. You have a history together. And then this limo pulls up and she's like, oh my God, who's it? Who's going to step out of the thing? Why even do this? False cliffhanger. We already know it's her brother. They've already promoted that 200 fucking times. It's for anyone who didn't watch last season. Or any of the promotion leading into this season. It, that wasn't that annoyed me. That annoyed me. Insane. Me too. But then we begin. We come out of the promo and we are in portion one. And it feels so fucking good to be back in game, back in season. To see the plays. We see DLP (laughs) greet us at Villa de la Vina. He has a host, 44 years old, Chiron, (laughs) under his fucking thing. I don't know why they keep fucking doing this. They're never... It must have been in DLH's exit negotiation contract that they must announce Dark Lord Palmer's age every time. For a second, I thought they were doing a rebrand of the mansion because we get this weird rotunda thing above... DLP, but it's because it's raining. He also says in this moment, 
When we revealed Charity was the next Bachelorette, there was an outpouring of support, the likes of which we've never seen. Really? They've never had full support for a Bachelorette or a Bachelor before? I think that's a lie. They're doing this specifically. I also think that's a lie. They only have 24 rookies. 25. What, you're counting Nehemiah? What? Oh, maybe I miscounted. I thought there's 25. Shit. I'm almost positive there's 25. Yeah, there's 25. Oh, shit. All right. No, I think they're doing it it, to contrast what happened with like Clayton, for example. They're doing it to be like, look, everybody loves our selection. We made the right choice. You've said so. Mm, Yeah. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But they're at least presenting it like that, which is what they should be doing. Um, So he talks about the the rain. Charity's about to meet the guys. But let's take a look at Charity first. And then we get... Um, we see the the standard thing where she's having her photos, her promo photos taken to be the Bachelorette, and she meets some, uh, in quotes, fans by this river. These are probably producers or friends of producers. And then we see recap footage of her getting the offer from DLP at the Women Tell All last season. Then we're in Columbus, Georgia. We meet up with her as she tells us there is no manual to being the Bachelorette. Wait. Sorry, go ahead. We're in Columbus, Georgia, and a flock of birds fly across our screen representing the group of rookies flying in to win over Charity's heart and the heart of Bachelor Nation and that's why these birds were mine. (laughs) Creature of the week. I forgot about these birds. I thought it would be beat, but they were the only creature I saw. And for that reason, they were also my... (laughs) Creature of the week. You only got one creature, you got to pick them. Uh, The creatures, I feel like, will will be better in season. They always are. Night one's a hard, hard night to get creatures on. So... We meet up with Charity as she's talking about um, having this great childhood and her parents were very heavily involved. We should go back to there's no manual to being the Bachelorette. Not yet. Right. Only for the Bachelor. How to win the Bachelor. Available wherever you get your books. Yes. We have toyed with the idea of writing a how to be the Bachelorette, which would be a manual for literally anyone to be the Bachelorette. How to navigate the producers, how to navigate the guys, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But she talks about having this great childhood that her parents were very involved in. She was academically oriented, cheered competitively. She has a master's in clinical mental health counseling, and she has a great job and friends. The only thing missing now is that guy that she she wants to uh, start a family with. And she PTCs here. She was in a relationship for six years that had a lot of cheating, but she drew the line uh, to salvage her own happiness. We then see recap footage from last season of The Bachelor with Charity kissing Zach. She says that Shawcross helped her see that there are good guys out there. He pushed her and challenged her, allowed her to open up. Yes, this is how you should frame The Last Bachelor. He showed her there's good guys rather than Clayton sucks being sent by a child choir army in a limo exit. Yeah, and we even see their final breakup. And in this montage, the breakup doesn't even position him as a bad guy. It's like, he knows that this had to happen. She got the closure she needed. This is exactly how you do it. If you're going to use that recap footage, it's to show why she is now ready to have her own story. Uh, Then we go to her familial home, her brother, 
Nehemiah is there, who we're going to see a little more of later. And he tells her that he's proud of her. She ITMs that they're best friends. He's been there through everything. And she then tells her parents that the hard reality is that this might not work out. She's not as confident with her instincts from the past, but it's going to be different this time. And then we see uh, Vicky, Charity's mom, says that she knows she can take on challenges, do well. She will not settle. Charity ITMs that her parents have been married 48 years. She wants the same thing. So we we get a little shot. This is kind of a preview of what her final round is going to look like when both guys are going to have to meet these same people that we just saw in that room. And this will be kind of more interesting because of what Nehemiah does a little bit later. He's actually going to have some kind of a relationship from his night one play with whoever the two finalists are. And I have some ideas about that. Hmm. I mean, uh, we'll get to it, but I was hoping that Nehemiah stays for the whole season after his performance in this episode. <laughs> he was... Just in different disguises. Like the true MVP. He was such a star. No, I mean, like one of those earlier seasons where they had like the friends come and live in the house for a little and interview people. Yeah. Or even Palmer's own season. His mole stayed around, I believe, until middle of regular season. Yeah. Well, I've already talked about wanting it to have been a real mole, but whatever. Yeah. She was like going on dates with him and shit on like group dates. (laughs) Remember that? No, but that makes sense. Uh, we see Charity I Love Cleveland, her suite at the Westlake Village Inn. <laughs> we see her pondering on the beach. She does this cheerleader twirl a lot. It's giving Love Island UK or Real Housewives of Atlanta. And then we see this weird DLP promo for the Indiana Jones movie, which turns out to be a recurring promo with jammed in clips. Yeah, they are selling the shit out of Bachelor. We had this, and we'll get to it as well. Obviously, the Maybelline commercial with Serena and, and oh, yes. uh, Grocery that had the commercial literally had a fucking Bachelorette logo in it. It's intense. They're making their money this season. Yeah. But then before we get into the next portion, something very interesting happens. Right at the beginning of it, we see a video. It's a simple gold frame with a graphic at the bottom that says Bachelorette 20th Anniversary. Inside the gold frame is video of Joe, 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 Joe Fletcher telling us all how excited she is for charity, giving charity a message. Basically, go out there, do your thing, be yourself. And this shit warmed my goddamn non-existent heart so much I could almost not believe it. It was like a bath. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It wore my cold bones. This is exactly what they should be fucking doing. I was astounded when I saw this. This is the legacy of your show. This is on the back of JoJo was current Bachelor built. You bring her back to say, look, remember me? Remember how much you loved my season? And it's not in a weird way that's like Sean Lowe where they have him fucking sitting there eating a sandwich. It's a virtual Council of Crowns. It's fucking incredible. And guess what? They probably paid JoJo $0.00 for that. I don't know what they paid Sean Lowe to come there and watch uh, Zach Shawcross lifting weights and shit and give him bad advice, but they did have to pay him for that for sure. You don't need them in the fucking thing. I just, I love it. How much do you think you have to pay Sean Lowe to tell Zach Shawcross to keep his period? I bet they paid him $20,000 for all of his work on that season. I think they probably paid him more, but yeah. Damn. Maybe. But nonetheless, here we just see this simple thing. 
It's just one of the most beloved bachelorettes of all time. And they open the series that they're now going to do with fucking Jojo. Perfect choice. Married to her ring winner. Yeah. Proof that the process works, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she's still got that empty chair for Aaron Rodgers on Thanksgiving. And you just see that this is like, <laughs> oh, yeah, tw it's 20 years. Fucking celebrate that. Have these other bachelorettes come back to say, like, you're part of the, the sisterhood. God damn it. It was good. It was just the right thing to do. I absolutely loved it. And I was like, I hope they have some more of these. And indeed, they do. We'll hit each one as we go through this recap. It was just, this is exactly what you got to be doing. And I don't know whose idea this was. If it was a producer, a marketing person, a network person, I have no idea. Whoever it was, person needs a fucking raise because this is it. This is what you should be doing on this show. I agree. I don't even think they should just do it for 20th anniversary. I think they should do it for all of them. It should be in every episode. Because what you're competing with now is shit like Love is Blind. It should be in every episode. <laughs> it, some version of this. Some version of, of legacy players coming back to issue little messages of like, oh, that was funny. Or like, after, let's say, like on her, her first group date, like we saw in the promo, that one where they're going to have to do force violence and nudity combined in a sand beach dodgeball attack game or whatever. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> like, have somebody come back and be like, oh, we had a crazy date on my season where they made us do this. Da 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 da. Remind yeah. us of these old fucking seasons because you're now competing with Love is Blind, uh, Perfect Match, Ultimatum, all these Chris Colin shows, and they don't have that legacy. That's what Bachelor has over all of them. No, that's the advantage. As DOP says, we were first. First and best and longest and never went off the air and still a hit show. Remind us of that. Fucking celebrate that. Because these other shows are going to eat your fucking lunch. They look better. They're made better. Their relationships are more real. You, If you're going to do the same thing that Bachelor is... <laughs> they're sexier. Yeah, all of that. They're better in virtually every way in terms of being more contemporary. So... Show us what's better about your show. And that is 20 years of fucking history of these people that have become, we all have parasocial relationships with them. We all fucking mm -hmm. love them or hate them or whatever, but we're all looking at their fucking Instagrams every day and we want to see them in the show. Maybe it's just me that's doing that, but you know what I'm <laughs> we're saying. We're all looking at all of their Instagrams every day. Of course, yes. Uh <laughs> I'm looking at the empty Aaron Rodgers chair every day. I'm thinking of that image of JoJo's hometown where her mom is chugging that champagne bottle every day. It's one of the, my Zoom backgrounds. We see Charity getting ready. She's being all cute. She, I feel like they're really kind of branding her as the new Hannah Brown. I feel like yep. that was their hero player yep. for this season. And she's like, I can't speak straight. And then she emerges from the limo and this guy opens her limo door, revealing her beautiful white fur shawl. And this guy was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Not a lot of options for bystanders. I have kind of a, uh, a conceptual one, an abstract one. Oh, great. An AI bystander. We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so DLP welcomes oh, Charity to the mansion. The score here is huge. It's orchestral. It's swelling. This is a hero moment. She meets DLP in front of the mansion in the rain, under the little rain hut. And she says she's having all the feels. <laughs> 
and tells him that she's looking for authenticity. She's excited. Mm -hmm. DLP says, let the journey begin. We're getting into our limo exits now. Here we go again. All right. History is made. Aaron B gets the alpha. So we know he's going to be an important player throughout the sister, uh, throughout the season. Usually alpha and omega are important. I, I believe bachelor data just had a post about this, uh, that talked about like limo exit placement and, and where they wind up. But we have come to know that Alpha and Omega, generally, those two are important for one reason or another. Here we have Aaron B is our Alpha. I think you also want to, I don't have the stats on this, but I think you also want to be in the first limo. The first five, I think, are always highlighted. And you really don't want to be in the skip over, the flyover numbers. God, there were so many in this. (laughs) I feel so bad. (laughs) Well, you got to do something better. You got to do something more exciting or have a better season. Aaron B, software sales, 29, San Diego, California. He steps out of limo and they cut to a fucking promo package for him during his limousine exit. This is exactly what you got to be doing. Don't front load all these fucking things. Put them with the guys. As This is a small change. Yes, I loved how they did this. I did too. A very small change and a very great change. Keep doing this every season. It, it adds weight to that player. As they're coming into this thing where we're first getting introduced to them, if you front load them like you used to, we kind of forget who they are. I'm like, okay, that's funny, whatever. But it's like... They're not connected to when they come out in the limo exit. Exactly. This is... It's just such a a smart editing choice. And that's all it is. Just an editing choice. Put this here instead of there. And it works fucking perfectly. I loved it. Um, His limo exit, he says, your sparkles match your eyes. Some people call me A.A. Ron. And I had a flash. Did Aaron Clancy change his Instagram handle? Didn't this used to be his? I have no idea. It was like the spelling out of A.A. Ron. I don't know. This is some deep pitch shit. Minutia alert. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Minutia, <laughs> he, his intro packages. He's a photography, piano, beach, and he's shirtless wearing toucan shorts. He says, do you believe in fate? He has a lucky coin. Heads, we get engaged. Tails, I go home. And it's heads, a prop standee to start with. Charity loves it. Let's just talk about this coin real quick. It's a fake coin, right? Two heads? It has to be a fake coin. Has to be. Has to be a double-headed coin. Will that come back to bite him in the ass when she finds out he's been playing her all along? I do feel like I did not like it as the kiss lead in line. We will get to it, but... I agree. Yeah. Next up, Josh, 28, Harvard grad student. He puts uh, her hand on his heart and says he thinks his heart is full of warmth. He will protect and cherish her. This is an it takes two. We then get Joey, 27, tennis pro from Hawaii. Tells her that he grew up in Philly but lives in Hawaii. Then we get a promo package for him. We see him playing tennis, walking around the beach. I think his was the best intro package. Totally. He had a lot of good locations. He loads a PTC about uh, parents splitting when he was young. Oh, shit. Even though he's a hopeless romantic and he deals with a chicken and he's ready to go on the journey back to his limo exit. He's he- drinking a beer with a chicken, which I forgot about. Oh, and that God. I'm going to replace this. And this chicken that he was drinking a beer yes. with was my... <laughs> <laughs> Creature of the week. I got to do it too. You're right. I'm sorry. I have to change it. This chicken was also my. (laughs) Creature of the week. A beer drinking chicken. You don't see that. 
Ever. So back in his limo exit, he gives Charity a Hawaiian flower and tells her this rule about wearing it above your right ear when you're available and your left when you're taken. This is a Kringle. Then we get Warwick. He's our fourth limo exit, 27 construction manager from where? Nashville. He's a slider. He tells her that his parents met on a flight. He gives her a plane ticket to Oxford, Ohio, uh, so that they can have what his parents have. This is a Kringle. So far, not a Blandy in the bunch. But we're going to get to something historic that happened. Don't get too excited. I know you're thinking, oh, no Blandies. This is amazing. Everybody was doing non-Blandies. Well, there were also no Grandies. We'll get to it. Mm. Uh, then we get to Xavier, 27 biomedical student from Carborough, North Carolina. He tells her he's getting a PhD in biochemistry. We get a promo package for him, seeing him in the lab, doing his science stuff. Uh, and he talks about uh, loads of PTC about his mom having an autoimmune disease. And this is why he got into this in the first place. He knits, he plays the ukulele, he works out, and he hopes he has chemistry with Cherry back to the limo exit. He says he's worked in medicine a long time, but he hasn't been able to find a cure to a lonely heart. This is a standee. Then we got Caleb A., a doctor in family medicine. He puts a stethoscope on Charity, says his heart is beating just for her. I would call this an It Takes Two. Standy. Does this standy? Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. If you got a can line, that's all it takes is a can line to get a standy. That's why I'm always actually insulted by Blandies. Like, you can't write a fucking single line. You can't give me one pun. I just assume the Blandy is something that's been edited out. Generally speaking, yeah. I think that's right. But still, come on. We see Khalid. I know your name means love. Mine means eternal. Let's combine them. Standy. We got Nick. I'll fight for you. Standy. John Henry in a welding hat. Taught. He's a commercial diver. Aaron S., uh, Kringle, it takes two. He has a candle he gives her to make a wish. We get Tanner from Pittsburgh waving a towel. This is a Kringle, it takes two. Does he give her the towel? Oh, I thought it was to give to her. He takes it back. He takes it back? I think that's his special towel. Yeah. I don't think he's given that away until he falls in All love. Right. It takes two. He keeps the towel. That's going to be the, the gift that he gives to her right before Fantasy Suites. <laughs> Matching towels. Uh, then we get Chris, 27, world record jumper from White Plains, New York. He says when he found out that Charity was the Bachelorette, he literally flipped out. Then he does a backflip. Then we get his promo package and we just see him jumping around. He's jumping around everywhere. Jumping on tires, <laughs> yeah. jumping on cars. There's not different aspects. They are all jumping. <laughs> this guy only does jumps. That's his whole deal. And he says eventually his life goal is to train the person to jump that will break his world record. So he wants to jump and then train a guy to jump like he jumps. We see him mm -hmm. working out, and he says he's competitive, <laughs> and that's going to help him, and then he takes off his shirt, and he does a uh, jump. And then um, we come back, and what would you call this? A standy, I guess, right? I said standy, yeah. It's like a, yeah. like a dance or performance. Uh, we get a great peeping Tom here with the guys watching, and someone says, the guy's doing backflips. I'm in HR. So Hilarious line. Great. <laughs> then after the end of this portion, we go into the commercials and we get a commercial uh, with grocery and serener for Maybelline that has a fucking Bachelorette logo in it's in the video. Yeah. Unreal to me. They're like mixing 
into commercials, I guess, to trick you. Is that? Yeah. Is this a Maybelline ad? Is this part of the show? It's so fucking bizarre. Yeah. Is the show back from commercial? No, it's not. It is gross. <laughs> and the premise of the commercial, if we can get it, do you want to get into the premise of the commercial or do you consider this minutia, Lorm? I want to get into the commercial. Okay. Very good. No, this is not a minutia. I have italicized it in my notes as <laughs> must get to. <laughs> I have italicized it in my mind as must get to every morning. First thing I think about every day, this <laughs> commercial. Must get to every morning. <laughs> the premise of the commercial is grocery is sent out on an errand by Serena. To pick up her makeup. And he gets to the store and there's too much makeup. He doesn't know which one to pick. Which makeup should I pick? He's just a grocery. He don't know. And there's a grocery lesser in the fucking commercial. He comes in the makeup aisle and he looks down the aisle. There's another grocery, but he's lesser. It's a lesser grocery sitting at the end of the the aisle. A lesser grocery. That other fucking guy. And they look at each other like, I don't know how to pick up the makeup. For my significant other. What am I supposed to do with all this makeup? And so then grocery comes back <laughs> and he hands laugh. he hands Serena a thing of Maybelline makeup and he's he's like nervously waiting. Did I pick the right one or not? And she's like, perfect. This is the right one. He doesn't hand it to her. He gets down on one knee and gives the foundation as if it's a sparkler. Sorry, you're right. That's an important piece of this. Okay. <laughs> How dare you skip that aspect? <laughs> yeah, and you can just see the person writing this ad like, okay, yeah, then have him get down on one knee and propose just like in The Bachelor with the fucking thing of Maybelline. Yeah. So he gets her the right Maybelline, but then we find out, oh, he actually bought two different kinds just in case, and it was a 50-50 shot that he gave her the right one or the wrong one, and he has the wrong one in his pocket. But it's your winter shade. Yeah. And he thinks quick on his feet. I love my others. Oh, damn it. Um... It was really good. I'm going to watch it a whole bunch. And I hope that Joe gets some more acting opportunities. Honestly, love to see a movie that he stars in. I hope so, too, because he needs to stay in our lives if clickbait is done. Start your own podcast, Grocery. We don't know. They don't have a haunting trailer in their feed yet, but maybe we'll get one. Uh, but then this, the end of this commercial block um, presents us with our second Bachelorette 20th anniversary video. This one is from your goat, Caitlin Bristow. Wishing Charity a good season. My goat, the one true goat. Now, well, look, listen to this. Who interviewed Charity right before her season started. Yeah. I mean, you can call her the one true goat. It was Caitlin Bristow. But she's not the greatest player of all time. That's Nick Vial. We know this. However, let me tell you a bit of brilliance that's in her video that none of the other Bachelorettes had. I know what it is. Because she's the one true goat. I think everyone knows what it is because it's fucking in neon goddamn lights. In the fucking video, she's sitting in her podcast studio and you just see off the vine glowing pink. Incredible. Incredible. For the whole fucking time. She does a commercial for her own podcast in this. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Jesus Christ. That almost made me shed a fucking tear. She's brilliant. She's the one true goat. Guess where Jason Tardick proposed? On off the vine. She is always working and... That's why she's not our favorite washed up bachelor. That's why she's the one true goat. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, Charity Chance, bring on my husband. We get limo exit 13, I believe. Yes. Brayden. Well, I got to figure out where I went wrong with the numbers. We'll find out. Brayden has glasses and a tray. He says he's a nurse in the San Diego crew. 
And we got to be up to date on our shots. And we see his intro package. He's doing yoga on the beach. He's bungee jumping. He's a wild card, just like Aladdin. Yeah, pretty wild. (laughs) And he loads a PTC here that he has had heartbreak. He's been cheated on. And they cheers to a shot at love. Little Tila Tequila ref. Would you give this one? A Kringle it takes two. I gave it a standy Kringle it takes two because of the shot at love and want to make sure you're up on your shots. He's got a little comedy written in there. This mm. is a combo. This is a triple. Shit, you're right. It is a standy. It is a standy. You're fucking right. Then we got number 14 is Spencer, 32 medical sales director from Moore Park, California. They give him <laughs> a full edit music right here. He's awkward. And the producers play that up a lot. And as he tells yeah. her his name, he looks into her eyes, delivering full eye aperture with a giant weird look on his face. And this was my... Face play of the game. This guy was delivering face plays left and right. I know. He had two other ones that I took photos of. <laughs> Same. I, I have three also on my phone. This was my favorite one because it was right out of the gate. This guy is not fucking around. He's like, guess what? I'm the face player this season. Immediately. This is what Kat did on last season of fucking Bachelor. She came out of that limo made that crazy cat face immediately. If you're a face player, establish it. You start on frame one. I think you start on night one so that they keep you. You should be in the back of that fucking limo popping champagne with whoever else you're riding with making your faces. Make it known yeah. very quickly that you're the face player. That's going to get you screen time. And, and Never not be making faces. I think Spencer stayed because of his face play. I literally believe that. I mean... She's not going to choose him. She doesn't give a fuck if he's there or not. That's the producer saying, like, put Spencer in the list. Yeah. It's obviously a producer choice. He got the last rose, um, and they're giving him a full edit for sure. What did you think about this limo exit? That he uh, says, I have taken a hobby of martial arts, and here's what you do with the bad guys. You kick them in the nuts. This was something that I think he kind of wrote in his head or something, but could not execute it well here. This did not work. This limo exit was very bad. He put his teeth on his fist. Yeah. Getting ready for her to kick him in the nuts. That's right. That's exactly what happened. And it was not good. I called that an it takes two. Yeah, that's what I put it as. It takes two. Because she had to kind of (laughs) indulge the kicking motion. Um, This was just bad. Conceptually bad executed poorly. It was not my era of the game, but it was the worst limo exit, in my opinion. Um, we then had Caleb B in 15th slot. I think there's there's some that are worse. Really? Someone got cut. Number 16. I would rather get cut than have this. Mm. But then we have number 15 is Caleb B. He's 24, pro wrestler from Orlando. He emerges in a cowboy hat. We see a promo of him wrestling some guys in the gym. And he talks about his wrestling persona being a self-loving douche, which is actually the opposite of his real-life personality. And he says he can see himself falling in love with charity. He hugs her and he walks in. This is, to me, a taught, right? Yeah. And a loaded love level, too. Cowboy hat? Yeah. 16. Joe. I don't think... You get a word? I'm calling it a blandy. He he says I call it is a blandy. The first blandy. He says, Hi, I'm Joe. Then we cut inside and all the other guys are like, Jesus, he's tall. 
then that's it. We don't see him again. And we get this little run here of uh, shorter guys saying the other guys are too tall. And then it's just a bunch of tall guys in a row. Caleb R. Mm -hmm. This is like your, everyone's wearing a red dress. Everyone's named Lauren. Yeah. Of the episode. Caleb R., who is 26, a construction salesman from Norcross, Georgia, literally gets no words on screen. We sent, okay, we see wait, charities. That's the one I missed. Okay. Caleb R. Yeah. Charity simply says, tall. We, we literally don't even see him say anything. And then uh, that is, of course, a blandy. I mean, I'm calling that a blandy. If you don't, if you're cut, you're a blandy. All right, Skabulians. Chewing on me while I'm doing this. Skabulian, let your father do his important work. Skabulian is so needy. <laughs> let your father do his important work. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> You're being an absentee father to me. <laughs> You're always working, Dad. Let me drink your veins. I, your <laughs> I haven't tasted blood in two days. <laughs> we have Adrian, 33, realtor from Northridge. Charity says, he's tall too. Blandy. James, 19, 28, attorney, Chicago, Illinois. Blandy. So we are not even seeing these people talk. They're literally just like flashes on the screen with their Chiron. Then we get number 20, Peter. He's 33. He's an airline pilot from New York. And he wants them to be each other's co-pilots on the journey to love. This is technically a standee from this season's PP. And that's probably the only time I'm going to get to say it. R.I.P. I know. Fuck. Fuck. Ugh, sucks. Sucks to see it. Fucking PP. We'll get another one. Hopefully. Right? One day. No. 21, Michael, he cringles a charm bracelet of a boat to reference his job as the yacht daddy of, of Chai Town. We see number 22, Taylor. He is recording himself as a home video. I'm meeting your mom for the first time. I thought this was a prop standee. Yes, agreed. 23, another prop standee by Sean. This is the Jordan Kimball uh, of this season. He's given Charity a big check for her heart or something. Yeah, he's donating to Charity. Now... Donating to Charity. Is this a Kringle? Does he give her this big fake check? Yeah. I'm, I said standy. I think it's a Kringle standy. It's definitely a standy. You think he gives her the check? I don't know. Does he keep it? We have to find out where that check is. If anybody out there can get the details on the location of this check so that we can know if this is a Kringle standee or just a plain standee. I think a lot of the Kringles, they just hand them to a PA or something. All right. Let's say standee. I noticed the the flower Kringle was gone from Charity's hair at some point. Oh, of course. Out. Of course. <laughs> Ripped out. A producer just held her down. We need that for the archives. Then we have Limo Exit number 24, John. He's 27. He's a data scientist from New York, New York. He brings her a fortune cookie. He says, fortune cookies are a little Chinese and a little American. Just like me, I'm a little Chinese and a little American. He gives it to her. She opens it and the fortune reads, you will meet the man of your dreams tonight. His name is John. He acts shocked. Oh, how did that happen? This is a Kringle standing. Yeah. Because. With prop. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Kringle. Standy. God, I'm missing the standees tonight. Uh, I had surgery today. Just I feel like that, sh that context should be there. My egg retrieval. I agree. So I am lying down if my voice sounds not as cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I liked this. I mean, we've seen fortune cookie uh, limo exits before, but mm. I liked everything John was doing tonight. I did too. So there's some random line from some guy saying real women don't remember pickup lines, which that's not true. Uh, no, limo exit 25, Dotton. He is given a blandy of just like being amazed at Charity. You need to chill with like how she looks. And he got this call two weeks ago. So he's basically saying he was recruited. And we get an intro package, integrative medicine consultant. He's been seen as the cool kid. We get his family history. He was born in Nigeria, came to the U.S. at age four. And we get this PTC of child poverty from him. And he says, that's the type of girl I could fall in love with in a short amount of time. I was like, what a great line. It's like Mm -hmm. praising the process and charity at the same time. And we start to see some of the guys talking inside. The men to women ratio is not ideal. Uh, But if we may, if I may, that was the Omega. That's the final limo exit. And when it concludes... Oh, yes, because that is number 25. We become aware of something. There is no grandy this season. A grandy limo exit is when someone comes into the mansion not in the limo, riding a horse, uh, coming in a sports car, coming in in a giant inflatable clear plastic ball like Ed Wastebrot did. We can't forget. Riding in on a camel. Any, anything like this, coming in with a beast of burden, coming in in a sports car and a party bus in the back of a truck, parachuting in, whatever. Uh, that, to our knowledge, the first grandee was season 16, Lindsay Cox, who did ride in a horse. And after that, to my knowledge, every season has had at least one. Yes. This was shocking. I think, I want to say it's because of the rain. Has it never, really never rained on a night one until now? Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. 
I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims i don't i have no idea but i feel like if there was going to be a grandee it would have been the jumper i wonder if they had a big jump planned like he was going to jump over a car and then it was like no he's going to kill himself if he does that in the rain should have done it anyway should have taken the chance i wonder higher degree of difficulty <laughs> should have taken the chance maybe you could have stayed around <laughs> longer than an episode oh my god his jumps just weren't impressive enough yeah so yeah then we cut to this thing where all the guys are complaining about having to compete against 25 guys i'm like excuse me this is the lowest incoming player pool since the classic seasons yeah 25 players that's as low as it gets Know your history. Yeah, you're not getting as much of a night one slaughter as normal. We then get someone say, it doesn't need to be overly competitive. And someone else says, until the plot twist comes. And DLP says, someone you already know reached out to us. Charity, I'm going to throw up. We get our night one curveball. It is her brother in the 26th limo, Nehemiah. And it is so cute and for TRR. I love this. She seems genuinely surprised. And yeah, he tells her he's in her, in her corner. But he doesn't tell her he's about to put on a bad wig and uh, no. <laughs> infiltrate. And that is literally what we see him do. He walks around to some secluded antechamber of the mansion where a terrible wig and fake mustache are awaiting him. 
And he dons them both and assumes a new identity as a bartender. And this identity, not Nehemiah, but the identity of the bartender was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Thank you very much. Wow, this is a real bending around the rules of a bystander, I would say. Is it? If you were giving it to one of the other bartenders, the real bartenders... I would understand. Her brother is her brother, therefore a family player, cannot be a bystander. Yeah, therefore he can only win the Sweet Gnomes Familial Award, which he does. Exactly. However, he has created an alternate ego, an alter ego, a (laughs) fake persona, (laughs) and that persona, that identity, that entity, can be a Jorge Moreno, because it's not her brother. I'll give it to you because you. I have given my creature <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to a gesture performed by our favorite photographer. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then, after this portion, we get another one of these Bachelorette promos. This one is Ali Fedotowski going all the way back to season six. And she actually gives some interesting producer advice. Now, obviously, these were shot way, but Charity didn't see these. These are just cut into the show. Yeah. Nonetheless, she gives some interesting advice. Ignore the guy you like the most. This is what you have to do if you want to get any time with them. Is she talking because about Roberto? I don't know who she's talking about specifically, but we learned that Colton Underwood had to employ this practice as well. You lie to the producers about who you actually like so that you might wind up getting time with them. We see uh, Charity's blessed that she's sharing this moment with her brother. And DLP says, the fimp is totally up to you. And then he carries an umbrella for her into the house like the empathetic king that we know him to be. While the guys are all discussing how she looked unreal. And we begin cocktail hour part two. We get a first responder. Is this Taylor? Who is this? Uh, It's Aaron S. Aaron S. And... Charity says it's such a funny, sincere, creative batch of men. It's a crazy way to find love, but I know the process works. I did fall in love. Lean into it. And the first one-on-one we see is... Hang on. What did you think of her inauguration speech? Oh, I thought it was great. I did too. It was, you know, it didn't have the um, overwhelming Christianity of a Matt James inauguration speech, but it felt... (laughs) No. (laughs) It felt more real than like a Shawcross or an Eckerd to me, yes. even, you know, it felt like she was like, fuck it. This is going to be fun. Let's all like give a hundred percent. Let's get into this and see if something can happen. It, there was almost an acknowledgement in it. It felt very confident. Shawcross and Clayton, I feel like was like, I'm just, I can't believe I'm here. So lucky. Yeah. They were more like grateful to be here. This is, you know, cheers to the journey. There is something in charity, and there's a little tinge of it so far in this season throughout, a skepticism of the process. We even get to it with some of the guys later when the brother's like, can you really think you can find love like this? And some guys are like, yeah, I know it's crazy, but sure. There's like a a real 
willingness on producers' part to include footage that has players openly saying, this may not work. She said it herself to her parents in mm-hmm. the opening thing. I know this. there's a big percentage chance this may not work. That's fucking crazy to me. Tonally, that is a big shift for the show. Whereas before, if anybody says anything remotely like that, you're here for the wrong reasons, get the fuck out. Now they've got the Bachelorette saying it. It, it does make it feel a little bit realer. Yes. Uh, I think she does an incredible job this whole episode. It's like I it's such a hard position to be in. Yeah. Where you have to like embrace the process, but also seem down to earth. Yeah. Uh, we see Joey says he's never watched the show before. Interesting. A lie. But it's nice to see how genuine you were. So obviously you watched some of it. Uh, but it's important to be unapologetically yourself. He had trouble keeping eye contact during this scene. I wrote that down as well. Bad eye play, I said. Bad eye play. <laughs> um, with eye play, you generally want to have good amount of your eye looking at the other person's eye yeah. when you do the talking. That's good eye play. <laughs> Bad eye play here, nonetheless. Uh, she oh, snuggles clues. up to him because... Uh, <laughs> you studied so much about how human beings are supposed to act. You have no idea. You have no idea. I have fun. Uh, Start at a young age. At any rate, he says that he wants to be unapologetical himself. They snuggle up, and Charity then ITMs a loaded level of one. Joey gives me butterflies. We then see James getting some one-on-one time. He brings out a box and says that family's important to him, too. His parents have sent them something for the night. They open the box. It's a handwritten note from his mom that is 700 words long. This is a long-ass fucking note that his mom has written. It's a tome. And um, she reads the whole thing. We're not going to go through it here, but it's basically, we're so excited for our son. I hope it all works out. And in the uh, box with the note is some donuts and cider. That's actually a good job, mom. That's a very Mm -hmm. good thing. Food is always very appreciated on this night because the producers will deny you from it. Will deny it from you. And you can do food play, break that touch barrier. Charity then ITMs that he's a precious lamb. Uh, And he produces tears here. Correct. For TRR. A lot of lot of tear play tonight. Uh, I think calling him a precious lamb is a bad sign for any kind of long term play viability. Precious lamb. Precious lamb is good on paper. <laughs> precious lamb is worse than good on paper, in my opinion. Precious lamb ain't ever making it to the fantasy <laughs> suite. Good on paper can make it to fantasy suites. Precious lamb, you don't get to come to the fantasy suites. Precious lamb. I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Oh, Sorry, for precious <laughs> lamb. Oh god, uh, we see this one-on-one between Xavier and Charity. They talk about vulnerability. She asks if he's scared of anything. He says, "I'm scared of a steal." I thought that was a great, great response to that. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, "Sorry, it's so loud." And I had noticed the rain is super yeah. crazy loud here. And then. Xavier puts his hand over Charity's ears, being protective of her ears in a way that was able to get them closer on the couch. And this ear protection by Xavier was my... Play, 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 play of the game. It was definitely some of the best ear play we've ever seen in the history of our beloved game. I will give him that. It was not my play of the game. However, I gave... 
It leads into a four TRR kiss. The first kiss also. First kiss of the season. You know I'm all about the kiss lead in. No, absolutely. It's a fantastic play. I'm taking nothing away from it. I'm simply saying someone else did something of a much higher degree of difficulty that had to be executed perfectly, and they fucking did that. You're talking about the jump? We're going to get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he would have fucked up, that's a fucking broken neck. Not only do you get sent home that night, you get sent home from life. Such a high degree of difficulty. No one can do that in the world. <laughs> get, yeah, sent into a coffin. It wasn't the jump, but you're right. That was a dangerous fucking move. We'll get to it. So Charity ITMs here that Xavier took her by surprise. The kiss was too good to be true. She's hoping that all the guys are this great. Then we cut to an image of a piece of paper that reads BE20 night one face sheet. And we pull out and we see that her brother, Namaya, is looking at this producer-made document that has all the players and their names so he can kind of get familiar with them. And uh, he asks, in in his disguise, he asks somebody how they're feeling. And the guy hasn't talked to her yet. He overhears a conversation about wanting to kiss her. And then we come out of that uh, portion and we get another Bachelorette 20th anniversary thing. This one from Desiree Hartsock. I would argue Desiree is the, the after echo, the female version of Goldini. She came from Goldini's season as a player and she married her ring winner in the very next season of Bachelorette, season 12. And she gets a little Christianity touch in here, hoping and praying you meet Prince Charming. Yeah. Charity, quick one-on-one with Joe. They scream together. So we're loved it. <laughs> literally not getting a real word from this man. Uh, no, love it. We see Nehemiah making drinks, asking the guys if they think it's realistic. John says yes. We get... What was almost my error, Michael, I don't go for the petite type. I'm generally into more curvaceous. I had such high hopes for this man after looking at his Instagram. No, it even goes further. He's like, look, I I was in the South for a while. You know what I'm saying? I was in the South. Like, what? What the fuck is he talking about? No one's petite in the South. That's right. Uh, absolutely one of my favorite plays that I've probably ever seen. And uh, <laughs> it was definitely an error, not the error of the game, but uh, fantastic mm-hmm. work, I thought, from Michael. Um, then we see John get some one-on-one time. Charity says her brother's the best friend. Family bond's incredible for her. He talks about how his sister is essentially the exact same as your brother. He's mirroring here with her. And she says she mm-hmm. sees a lot of good in him, and he has the best energy, and they get a kiss. Now, if I may, <laughs> I don't think that was real. I think it was all fake. I don't think she feels... Anything for this man? What? I think this man is your next Bachelor. I believe he was cast specifically for that role. And she has been told he will stick around until third place. I thought that this mirror sibling protectiveness was such a good play. It was. He does future casting about her not being blinded by love, which I might be in the future. And gets this natural kiss lead in and this good energy line. And I wrote, I would die for John B. This is a Outer Banks reference. I don't know if you've seen that teen show. I know you watched Pretty Little Liars. No, I did watch that. She says she sees a lot of good in him. That's a, that's a good on paper. I see a lot of good in you as you're good on paper. I'm telling you, it ain't there. It means, it means 4TRR. I don't know. It's a, I felt like it was a weird thing. I don't know. I don't know. I thought 
I think he's been cast to be the next Bachelor. I agree with that, with that conclusion from his performance yeah. in this episode and Same. the amount of screen time and et cetera. Yeah. Uh, he ITMs. He's buzzing right now. It couldn't have gone better. I'm not going to pretend. I'm going to pretend like that wasn't one of the best moments in my life. So for TRR. I know. He's your next bachelor. Then we see DLP. He brings in the fimp on his little tray. And the guys all talk about how bad they want it. And they start talking about strategy. They essentially say this is a game of time. You got to get time with Charity if you want to get that rose. Charity comes in the room. And Chris then does this jump onto a ledge. And we get this strange montage of all the guys doing very guy, like athletic bro-y type things. Uh, Aaron S. ITMs that males are doing their best to impress the female of the species, almost like he's narrating a wildlife documentary. And he says, every man is in heat and showing off his testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the wrestler joins him for a double flip. I thought that was cute. And they could do, if he had stayed on, they could have done a cute little dynamic duo where they're always flipping. But no. Who is this one-on-one -on -one with? Charity and him shoot a hose at little rubber duckies? That's Aaron S. Um, and then Spencer delivers some nice tongue face play as he ITMs feeling more anxious than he thought he would because the stakes are higher. And he reveals in his ITM that he has a package deal here. He has a son. And we see this one-on-one -on -one time with Spencer. He's extremely awkward in it. He's asking her about her job in child and family health care as a kind of weird pathway to get to announcing that he has a son. And Charity says, I love it. I literally cannot see myself doing anything else. I want her to watch that clip two years from now when she has a million Instagram followers and a podcast and she's an influencer. All right. And she's the new Bachelor Happy Hour host. <laughs> he almost does my face play of the game here when he says that he couldn't love anything where I love it a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, his face plays were just like, it's every scene he's in. He's delivering multiple high-level face plays. But we get this information that he has a son. He then says... I didn't know when to tell you it could be a deal breaker. And this was my error, 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 error of the game. Pretty much the whole package deal presentation on his part was my error, the lead up, the after, etc. He says, I have a son. Uh, he screams, you're awesome when she's like, it's great. Yeah. I just feel like your package deal is, if you are a package deal player, it's one of the most important plays that you will make through the season. Yes. And saying it could be a deal breaker is not the way you want to lead into it. You never lead into anything with that phrase. This is going to be a negative thing. It doesn't matter if it's a package deal. doesn't matter if you've murdered 100 people. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go into it saying this might be a deal breaker. You say, listen, there's something about me that makes me me. And it's a part of who I am. And I think it's something that makes me a better person. And uh, I've murdered 100 people or I have a son. <laughs> However, whichever one it is, uh, <laughs> you, you position it as something very good about yourself, you see. Yes. And in this case, kids are good. Yeah. In, in the show, the way that they're treated, it is a good thing. It shows that you have responsibility and you can experience unconditional love, et cetera, et cetera. Many benefits in, in our beloved game to having a child. So... At any rate. And it saves you for that round because the lead doesn't want to be seen kicking you off just because you're a package deal. Yeah. But she basically says uh, she's open to it. And then he ITMs tears saying he's on cloud nine back in the mansion. 
we hear somebody playing piano music and some of the guys are like, what is that? Is somebody playing piano? And then we see Aaron B has this one on one time. He's playing this little piano tune and reciting strange lines of poetry about how incredible she is while he's playing. And she's sitting there like pretending to like it. And she goes, Oh wow. How long have you been playing? He's like, uh, I play by ear. I trained myself specifically for this to be able to play this weird <laughs> presentation to you. Terrible. Um, yeah, it was very, very bizarre, but they agree that they have to stay in the trenches when you find your person. They want somebody who'll be there through thick and thin with them. And he then pulls out his coin from earlier and he does this kiss lead in line. If I flip it in its heads, I get a kiss. If it's tails, you have to play the piano and it's heads again. It's a terror. Maybe he's he's lucky twice. Never leave the kiss up to chance, A, but I don't think he has here. I think that coin is, is false. I think it's a two-headed coin. I think he's never losing the flip. I absolutely think it's a false coin, but either way, it's a bad kiss lead in line. You want it to seem natural. And like, I've seen people do plays like this where they're like, if I make the hockey goal, then I have to get a kiss. This doesn't work on night one when you've never kissed before. Yes, I agree. 100% agree. It's a weird thing to do with the consent. And yeah, I just, I don't like it. It's like this arbitrary outcome of whatever this event is will determine whether or not we must have our first kiss. It's very strange. You always want that to be coming from the person that they're into it. It looks like he's going to make it far though. From the promos. I, I know. So, whatever. Yeah. I know. She's into it. I mean, he was the alpha, wasn't he? Yeah. Gonna, be, gonna go far. We see that Josh of the H-bomb, Josh, is... He also got first flower. Oh, of course. It, I feel like I recognize you from somewhere, he <laughs> says to Nehemiah. <laughs> and then he says, is that a fake mustache? And we cut to commercial. We never see whether yeah. he answers this or anything. Did you wrestle in college? When he comes back, we get that. And then it's distracted by someone doing shots. And Nehemiah says, oh, do you think you're going to get the Fimperos? I love that he really went for it in trying to get people to reveal their 4TWR. Yeah. And someone says they were thinking about pulling out. And we get the, uh, he's the face of San Diego here. This is kind of like a little bro montage, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we get this, one-on-one with Brayden, he plays a mirror PTC to charity about being cheated on. And he also says that he's a giver and is considerate to the point where he's hurting himself. This is also like a parallel PTC to charity. This was almost my play of the game. Because I was like, this man studied charity's season. Brayden is one of the highest level players I believe we've ever seen in The Bachelorette. What? And I'll get to why. I'll get to why. I'll get to why. Oh, Jesus. Okay. But I agree with you. This play was fantastic. Then he leads, uh, uses it to lead into this kiss. That is this fantastic kiss. He gets another kiss. They start playing. He's no Dale Moss. Dale Moss never got a villain at it. When you're Dale Moss, you're Dale Moss. Like, you just are. You don't like, you know what I mean? Braden's not Dale Moss. Braden's got to make high-level plays to get to where he needs to go. Dale Moss, I'm not taking anything away from his parasocial game. Dale Moss never had to play the game. I don't know if he's a good player or not. He's a good parasocial player, one of the greatest, because he fucking made Claire Crawley choose him through his Instagram, not through anything he did in the game. 
You're forgetting about his mirror PTCs, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good player. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Clearly, he's, he's historic. He did something no player's ever fucking done before and never will do again. But I'm saying he has a lot going for him that allows him to do these, these things that he did in game. I don't think Braden... Braden doesn't have a picture of himself in a fucking, like, suit doing a high jump. Like, he's not a, a sports model like Moss is. You know what I mean? Okay, higher degree of difficulty. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. At any rate, he does this mirror PTC. It goes into this makeout session. Charity loves it. She says he's a good kisser, good person. Gets a check mark all the way around. Braden gets giddy in an ITM, and the other guys are watching him get the kiss. Sean then ITMs that he's pissed about Braden making out with Charity. He's watching out for him, trying to build a rivalry here. Sean, I think, is going to be uh, a fantastic player this season. We're all going to love to hate him. He's going to be doing tattling every episode. I can see it coming. Mm -hmm. Braden then goes to the bar. He's happy about the kiss. And uh, Charity's brother is there. Nehemiah is listening to all of this. And Braden tells Caleb B that it was a good kiss by the bar. He's too happy about it. And Braden says, oh, she's such a good kisser. Nehemiah then ITMs that Braden has a lot of energy, confident, tending toward arrogant. He thinks they need humility, these players. And then he asks some of the guys if they think they're getting the Fimpros. And Braden is like, yeah, I think I'll get it. And then Nehemiah ITMs that Braden has a huge ego. He's, he's made a bad play here. And this bragging about the kissing, even though he didn't know it was in front of Charity's brother, doing it in front of Charity's brother, but even in front of the other guys, even if Charity's brother's not there, you're on camera. It's still my error, 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 error of the game. You don't do this ever, ever, ever. There's no benefit in it. He let his uh, emotions, I think, get the best of him here. But we're going to see another play that he does a little bit later. Um, I mean, this this night for him just had it all. God damn it. All right. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them 
because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. We'll get to it. So we then see that brain... I mean, huge error. Yeah. Greatest player of all time. Uh. You'll see why I say this. And I'm not saying of all time. Okay. By the way, he's no Nick Vial. Okay. But he is good. He's very good. He may be the best player this season, is what I'm saying. Um, so then Nimaya comes to the main room and reveals to the guys, I'm the mole. I'm her brother. The guys are all like, oh, fuck, what? Can't believe it. And then Caleb B. ITMs. Now, all the questions this crazy bartender was asking us make sense. And so then <laughs> Nehemiah tells the guys that he's heard some good things and some questionable things. Now he's got to go talk to his sister for a little bit. Sean ITMs that he thinks Braden is fucking going home. And Nehemiah takes charity and they um, they go off to talk. And in between these portions, we see a, a card from the show, a casting card, ready to make your first impression at love. And it's it's treating it good again it's like this is a prestigious thing yeah there's no storyline about fucking someone down by a river yeah or a loser in a comic book shop we see this guy chat where the guys are like wondering who's in trouble and 
Airbnb ITMs. He thinks it was Braden mouthing off at the bar. But Aaron B. Aaron B. says this line. Is that what you're getting to right now? No. All right. Aaron B. says this line in this ITM where he goes, he was putting their time out there in public, and that's not cool. Um, Aaron B., if you just take a look out uh, 10 feet away from you, those are camera operators shooting this for a reality show that's on national television. It's all out in public, dude, but he is right. Uh, you can't be talking like this to the second audience is what he really should have said. The fourth audience is, is fine. I mean, I wouldn't talk about it to the fourth audience. Then you get a Bentley edit. Yeah, exactly. We get Nehemiah revealing to Charity that he has done this undercover brother thing. And he says, don't kill me. I had this idea to disguise myself. I was like, what? This is like Zach Shalcross saying it was his idea to be pure. Like, no, yes. it was not yes. your idea at all. You know, so my sister got chosen to be the bachelorette. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know what I should do? I should put on a fake wig and a mustache, pretend to be a bartender and ask guys if they want to kiss her. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Who do I have to call to make that happen? Charity, I have this great idea. Do you have a contact? Ring, ring, Dark Lord Palmer. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. It's unreal. So I came up with this idea. And then a producer has to sit him down and tell him to say that. So when you go out there and you have this conversation, make sure you say it was your idea to do this. What? Who the fuck is believing that? I don't know why you even have to put that in there. You don't have to have any reason. Exactly. Don't even call attention to it. It's just some weird producer think where a producer's sitting there like, well, wait a minute. How are we explaining how he's doing this or why he's doing this? It's got to be his idea. Yeah, that makes the most sense. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look, I I will say that I thought it was a bad... I was upset when we first saw it. I was like, I want a real mole. But I loved what he did with this. I thought he was so entertaining. He does these looks to camera and these one-liners. It's great. Yeah. Um, and he basically says, have you done the first impression, Rose? I was pleasantly surprised by Aaron B. Aaron S. was skeptical of the process. Uh, let's talk about Brayden. He's crossing a line from confidence to arrogance. Uh, but, you know, you're more than capable of making decisions. And she does a great line here. I'll carry the luggage out. And then she joins the guys. She says, I had no idea Nehemiah was going to be the bartender. Brayden, can you come with me? And it looks like she's going to be giving it to him. And we see this one-on-one -on -one time. And she goes, "You, my brother said you were overconfident about being here and getting the fimp. And he's like, well, yeah, I felt we, like, we had a good connection. The kiss was amazing. I would have given the first impression of Rose to you. I was giddy, not trying to brag. And she says, I'm going to take a breather. Stay here. And this thing that Braden says about if I would have been in your position... I would have given you the fimp was my play, 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 play of the game. He's nailed to the wall here. Yeah. This is basically a 4TWR accusation. You're a cocky piece of shit. You don't really care about her. You're fucking bragging to everybody about all this shit. And he's able to spin this and say, no, look, I was just so confident in the connection we had because like I felt it. I thought like, what other outcome could there be? If I was in your position, th that empathy that I talked about earlier, I'm always thinking about how you're feeling. 
If I was you, I would give me the fucking rose. Fucking perfectly played. This is on the heels of the worst error of the night. He's able to make the worst error. Yeah, you need that defensive play. <laughs> but it's it's so in the moment. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. He made the biggest error that any other player, I think, goes home night one. They make you the fucking whipping boy. They say, you fucked up. You can't do this. Get the fuck out of here. This is like a Ryan Fox with his folders, potentially, you know? Mm-hmm. He spins it. He turns it around with a play so fucking good that we see what happens next. She storms off, and we don't know what's going on. But then, uh, as all the other guys are like in portion eight, saying like, "Oh, he's fucking out of here. <laughs> She's not gonna take this shit." We see her come back to Brayden, and she gives him the fucking fib. She gives him the fucking fib. I I was shocked. It was because of that line. I was like, "These guys who all make face play at this." I was not shocked because we've seen him in a bunch of promos, so I know he goes far. Um. They're they're very bad at that. They just like give away the end of the season in, in all the promos. They gave away so many love levels in the last promo. I was pissed. Yeah. But nonetheless, here he pulls a victory out of the jaws of defeat here. And Mm-mm. you know, I, I would argue it was that line. And for me, that line was the play of the game. As a result, it erased the error of the game. Absolutely incredible. She says that, you know, she he has every right to feel that way, and she wants someone who's confident about her. And they join the group. DLP God. The the fucking when they join the goddamn group, the all those dudes' faces when he walks in with that fucking Fimbros. Yeah, full aperture mouths. There's like full aperture mouths, just shock, befuddlement, fucking disbelief. Shit, that reminds me. Right after uh Braden kisses Charity. He does an ITF where he goes, we kissed, ah, and he sticks out his tongue. And I you, I texted it to you, you can see it. Uh, and that was my face play of the game. The giddiness is apparent with this... I, I'm a sucker for a tongue play. I love it. I agree. Good play. There was a lot of strong face play tonight. I'm very enthused by the face play we saw from a lot of different players. I think Spencer's going to be hard to beat, but I also don't think he's long for this season. So somebody will come in to usurp face player from him, but great face play. He doesn't have the longevity that we need for the face player. Fine. I want a face player to last the whole fucking season if possible, but... Then DLP enters. He gives us a quad ting, a one, two, three, four official playtime is over. Spencer then ITMs that he hopes she decides to keep him there. Doton ITMs turtle status and fear of going home. And then we see this Indiana Jones commercial with all this bachelorette shit in it. And Porsche 9 begins. It is sunrise at Villa de la Vina. The players have made it through the night. But they are not safe yet. The guys are in their positions at the rose ceremony. Charity enters. She thanks them for such an incredible night. She says she's following her gut and her heart. She hopes the guys can respect that. Tough decisions, even on night one. But decisions must be made. And we get our rose ceremony. The first flower, which is statistically a far more beneficial flower to get than the Fimp, goes to Aaron B. Then we get John, Xavier, Joey, Caleb B., Warwick, Aaron S., Caleb A., Adrian James, Sean, Michael, Tanner, Dutton, Caleb K, John Henry, Josh, 
We then see Spencer ITMing tears at winning a rose. <laughs> DLP emerges. This is the final rose. Does not issue a dark touch worth noting. Uh, then we see the final rose in the 18th slot goes to Spencer. We lose six of the initial 25 players. Christopher Spell, the jumper. We savored your suffering. Joe Menzia, we savored your suffering. Khalid Hassan, we savored your suffering. Nick Barber, we savored your suffering. Taylor Pegg, we savored your suffering. And Peter Capio, a.k.a. P.P. God damn it, P.P. God damn it, P.P. P.P., get your head in the fucking game. If you get a chance to come on Paradise, P.P., you better fucking DM me, P.P., so that we can work out a plan, P.P., so that you can stay on Paradise, P.P. I want you to be in the game as long as you can be in the game. P.P., please. Just DM me. We will make it. B-I-P-P. Indeed, we will. Indeed. <laughs> DLP comes out. He delivers the Tam Sig. Take a moment, say your goodbyes. And uh, those that remain, cheers. Charity ITMs that are husbands in the room. And then we get the sneak peek. We see bungee jumping, kissing. This season of The Bachelorette, Islands, Romantic Fairy Tale for the Ages, Jet Skis, Hollywood Sign, Dancing, Champagne, Warwick gets a one-on-one, Beach Dodgeball, Braden gets a one-on-one in a baseball stadium. Drive-in movie theaters. Tanner is uh, putting her on cloud nine. There are love level fours. Joey's making her feel seen. He LL3s her. Prayers are being answered. More call back to that Christianity. She's falling in love with more than one person. Sobbing. Charity's losing her mind. This is not what it was supposed to be. There's jealousy. The beehive exploded. A lot of second audience fighting. Looks like it's going to be happening this season. And Charity tells Sean she can clip the rose off his chest. So he's going to get a group date rose, it looks like. And then she's going to be like, fuck you. I can take it right back. And Aaron B says that Braden is not a man. So there is a rivalry. We saw, too, there was a line somewhere in this where I forget where it was, but Aaron B. had an ITM where he said, um, I'm basically going to be in competition with that guy, and I'm going to beat him. He said something like this in an ITM. Oh, about, really? Yeah, about Braden. And they, in night one, I think, have solidified a rivalry that the producers are going to uh, write and direct into probably lasting all season, I personally believe. Uh, we see this one shot of then Charity does her double clap. I am heartbroken. We see a single shoe on the ground, the final rose ceremony. Uh, she's madly in love, but she's also terrified. You're not supposed to say goodbye to somebody that you love. And then we get the tag where Nehemiah is <laughs> showing Charity his disguise. And she tells him that he looks like Steve Harvey. And that is it. Night one for Charity Lawson's Bachelor season 20. A lot of historic things happen in this season. No grandy. Can't believe it. The We are inside of a diamond logo tree. We're inside a diamond for the first the, the time. The interior jewel thing. <laughs> interior jewel. <laughs> that's probably how they wrote it. Yeah. we the, the jewel interior logo. That's Everybody should remember that. Write it down in your notes at home. But perhaps the most historic thing. I don't believe this has happened to me ever. I am giving my error, my play and my MVP to the same person. That is right. Brayden was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. This motherfucker did it all. Did it all. Didn't get the first kiss, but had the best kiss. Had the best kiss. Got the fimp. Had a giant error and overcame it with a play of the game. I just have never seen anything this wild take place. Never seen it. I understand. 
I understand that you are team Braden for this award. However, there is one rookie who stood out among all the rest as having the greatest potential in the long game over Mm -hmm. time to potentially be the next crown. And that's why John B was my M M M M V P. The setup. I mean, he was all over this coming off as the most for TRR. He had that great one on one time. Everything he did was excellent. And I agree with you that maybe like him and Charity won't have like the most close connection, but I think he's going to be the fan favorite. I think his fourth audience game is going to be extraordinary. Yeah. Just based on this episode, I think he had the best fourth audience game out there. But they're also going to give him a bachelor cut. Like they're not going to make him look like a fool ever. They'll make him look like, oh, he likes goofiness. Like they might give him the date where they... Uh, push ice cream cones into each other's faces. He might get that date. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's about it. Like, I don't think they're putting him in a silly hat. No, he's going to get the date where he thrives the most. Yes. They're going to give him, like, legit dates because they're going to set him up to be The Bachelor. I think they're doing it. I truly think they're doing it. I thought the exact same thing from this episode. That's great. And I, I fucking love it. No one else was standing out in that way. And that would be the end of the dwab. So exactly. I fucking love it. I hope we're right on this. And I hope that is what we see coming out of the season. But that is it. That's night one. Bachelorette season 20. I can't believe it. I love those fucking little bachelorette clips. I hope we see those all season long. I hope they just keep going down the list. I know. I loved the intro packages. Like there's just we already know more about these men than we know about anyone who was on Shackle Cross's season. Yes, exactly. That to me was like the number one takeaway was these producers are fucking putting in some effort here to return this thing to its former fucking glory. They are putting in some effort here to also showcase that it is as good as these new shows. It doesn't. It still doesn't look new. It still looks just like every fucking Bachelor season has looked, despite they did their little gem fucking treatment at the beginning and made us think we're trapped in a diamond ring or whatever. Interior sparkler. Despite that, it still looks exactly like Bachelor. But uh, I really do think that they are... That, that little tonal shift where they have a couple of characters in this show now openly kind of saying, look, I know this is crazy, like trying to find love this way. I know it probably won't work. When you have the Bachelorette saying that, admitting that this is crazy, all those fucking Chris Colin shows do that. Love is Blind, that's one of the primary things of it, is like, this is an experiment. And people are like, this is fucking crazy. I can't believe this is, I'm falling, I can't believe, you know, they're constantly questioning it. Mm -hmm. And it's part of it. Because anybody going into any situation like this, with any kind of rational fucking understanding of reality, would question it. You have to. And the way that they were presenting the show prior to this, at least for the past couple of seasons, it's like if you questioned it at all, you're for TWR, get the fuck out. So at least that feels more contemporary to me. I don't know. It just felt good. It felt like whoever's doing this season, the stewards of the fucking franchise actually give a fuck about it again. That is what it felt like to me. Yeah, absolutely. It feels that way. I mean, it's like I would say I had a low bar for what I was expecting from this episode. Same. And it was definitely reached 
I I loved it. I felt good finishing the episode. And I have felt good seeing all of the various promo and stuff that they've been doing. It does across an arena, except in the podcast arena, it feels like they're yeah. trying. <laughs> <laughs> except in the podcast arena and the live show arena. Those are the two. In the live yeah. show arena, which I am, I can't believe I'm never going to see that. I mean, Kufrin is done with the fucking franchise after that Instagram story. Yeah. I'm I'm so sad I never got to see it, but... I, wait a minute. They're married, right? Her and Big Body? I don't know. Or are they just engaged? They're just pregnant. I wonder if there's some... I don't know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes exactly. We just know what Big Body said in his thing, that they're not happy with some shit that's been... How producers are handling things, basically, but... Yeah. Which makes me think, like, they just didn't communicate about Bachelor Live. They didn't communicate about Happy Hour, and then they're just like, oh, yeah, it's done. Or they don't even tell them. Totally. But I mean, this is par for the course. This is They did this to a lot of people, I think, on Paradise this season. Just like very last minute, like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's not happening. That type of shit. And I, I don't know. But for what for whatever uh, they're doing behind the scenes and all this kind of shit to fuck these people over, what they did tonight from the, the producing of it, the casting, I thought, I, I like this crop of guys. Me too. There's some rookies that I'm like really excited to watch this season. Braden being one of them primarily. Also, Aaron, Caleb, the the pro wrestler guy, I really want to see what he's going to fucking pull out. And I'm really excited to watch what John does and how they present him. But I just felt walking away from this episode that it was like, yeah, this just feels very much like a Hannah Brown season to me. And that season was fucking great. That season was fucking great. Even the undercover brother thing, like... I really thought that was going to be dumb as shit. Me too. And it was, but it, I still loved it. The way it was presented was like, it was a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. And her brother, Namaya, is so fucking good on camera. It's like... He's just so charming that it was like, it didn't really matter how stupid what his thing was. I agree. He was... Honestly, I would have given him my MVP because he was outstanding, but I'm trying to stick to our rules. Uh... So am I. Come on. Um, when they tell you, hey, we got this bit for you and we need you to dress up in a wig and do this fucking thing. Think about like when Wells Adams does it. It's a fucking turd. I prefer not to. Yeah. it's t He's bad. Like he's terrible. Wells Adams could never do something like this. No. Nehemiah fucking crushed it. You want my opinion? Nehemiah should be your bartender in paradise. I agree. It's time. You want to do your zany little bits? This motherfucker can do them. For real. <laughs> Let's get him out of there. Honestly, if Nehemiah was presenting Sally's suitcase, I would have liked it. <laughs> yes, I agree. He has the ability to do this shit. Anyway, uh, fantastic episode. Fantastic to break it down with you, Pace Case. I hope you're going to be able to rest up and feel a little better by the next one um, and maybe smoke weed by the next one. Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe smoke weed by the next one. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee it. Okay. Fantastic. I'm excited too. And I love to yeah. see the sparkle back in your eye. It's a beautiful thing. No, I'm really, I don't know. I just think this is going to be a good fucking season. I really do. I'm curious to see what the ratings are and shit. I agree. It is very Hannah Brown. So hopefully that's what we'll get. But thanks everyone for joining us for this breakdown of night one Bachelorette season 20. We'll be back this Friday with Twibbon. And Grace Ann Parks grafting with Grace Ann will be in the feed in the off days covering Love Island UK. So check that out. And I'm going to be stopping in. Yeah. Eight out of seven days a week. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> it 
basically is. But I'm going to be stopping in on Grafting with Grayson one of these days. I believe uh, it'll be on the Wednesday one, I think. At any rate. Well, I think I'm recording on... I don't know. I'll be on one of the ones next week, I think. Uh, have you been watching the season? No, I have to catch up. I don't have time. I got to catch up. I sit down and I fucking power it. Three times speed. Just fucking straight into the head. I've been happy to catch up. Um, but we hope we will see you for all of that stuff. And once again, thanks for joining us. And before we go, what is that drawback? And will this be the last season that we say this? It's been 7,764 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 